Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There's plenty of competition for the last few spots in the Cardinals' bullpen. So did anyone stand out in live BP on Saturday? Coming up on B-Shape Daily. What's going on, everyone? And welcome in to this edition of B-Shape Daily. Brendan Schaefer here with you. It is Saturday, February 17th, 2024. On the heels of an eventful day at Cardinals Camp down here in Jupiter, Florida, as this Saturday was the first day of camp in which we saw live pitching taking on live hitting. The Cardinals with their live BP session, a lot of pitchers through on Saturday. They faced a good, healthy dose of the Cardinal position player group that is down here in camp. And we'll give you some reaction to some of what we saw today down on the backfields at the Cardinals Complex on this episode of B-Shape Daily. Appreciate you guys being with me as always. Make sure to hit that subscribe button. If you're joining us for the first time on YouTube and you like Cardinals content, you're in the right place. Hit subscribe in the lower right-hand corner of the video so that you don't miss any future videos on the Brendan Schaefer St. Louis Cardinals Writer YouTube channel. You can also subscribe to B-Shape Daily on Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well if you just prefer those outlets instead of YouTube. And if you guys are longtime listeners, watchers of the channel, appreciate you for being here. Head on over to my Twitter at bshafer12 and check out the link to the Wilson Contreras story that I wrote tonight for KMOV. Give that a like and a retweet so you can share that out to other Cardinals fans who might think it's cool as well. Helps me out a great deal when you guys share my work. So thank you guys so much for supporting the channel and everything that I do over at KMOV while I'm down here. Covering the Cardinals at spring training. It's been a good few days, a busy few days, but Saturday is really where things begin to ramp up because we're seeing some competition, right? You get a chance to look at how the Cardinal hitters are faring against the Cardinal pitchers. It's not like a real game. It's simulated live BP, but it's actual guys going out there and playing baseball and trying to do their best to beat an opponent is essentially what it boils down to. And we got a good look at a number of pitchers for the Cardinals which I think is interesting. Like, if you talk about competition on this roster, the bullpen, I think, is really the only area, barring injury, which certainly could come into play at some point. But barring that, it's really the main area where we're going to see some competition, where we don't already know the lay of the land. Like, it would be really easy to kind of walk you through the one through nine across the diamond for the Cardinals when it comes to their starting lineup and the DH. Like, you kind of know who the main players are going to be in that regard. The rotation is set until further notice, until we see an injury that rocks the apple cart. 
Although it is kind of interesting to think about the fact that there are two left-handed pitchers for the Cardinals, Zach Thompson and Matthew Libertor, both of whom threw today, that, you know, that their role is sort of up in the air. And even though it may be too early to think about the specifics of what their role is going to be, I think that could be something that comes a little bit later on if the Cardinals don't experience an injury in the starting rotation. Like right now, it feels like those two are in the midst of a competition that if there's no injury ahead of them on the depth chart, you almost don't even want to win it. Like that's something that I want to kind of explore in the days ahead as it pertains to Libertor and Thompson. And and of course the players themselves, I talked with Zach Zach Thompson today. I don't think they're going to be too interested in uh, playing up the narrative of like, Hey, you're in a competition for a starting spot that kind of doesn't exist until one of your teammates goes down with an injury. What do you think of that? Like that's not something they're really going to play ball on and understandably so, but it is interesting. Because, like, if you're a pitcher, what's the ideal role for you to be in the big leagues? If you're either of these guys, it's you want to be a big league starter and you want to be a successful big league starter. Like, that's the opportunity to impact the game the most, to help your team the most. And, you know, it is a business. It's a it's a career for these guys. So you want to make your future happen and, and have the possibility of a, of a big contract for being a, a quality big league starter. Like, all of these things are natural and are part of the process. But the Cardinals have five starters with the way that they're constructed on paper. Sonny Gray, Miles Michaelis, Lance Lynn, Kyle Gibson, Steven Matz. That's your five. And so until there's an injury, do you really want to win the competition to be the kind of starting rotation depth? Because that probably means you begin the season in Memphis or the Cardinals could get a little creative with it as we've you know, caught wind from the team that they might consider doing and, and go with the six-man rotation, at least to begin the season when you have those uh, eight games without an off day, I believe, uh, to, to get things going. So it's an interesting spot to be in for two guys who are no longer prospect status, like Zach Thompson, Libertor. Th- they've both been around the block with with experience in the big leagues, but you want to you want to get there and stay there. And I think they're both kind of at that stage in their respective careers where this is a big season, a big summer for them to, to basically prove themselves and that they don't need to be riding that Memphis shuttle. Like they want to be in the big leagues. They want to stick there and they want to be able to help the team win. Ideally, it's as a starter, but again, if there's not a role to do that, what happens? But what happens if they pitch so well that the Cardinals look at one of them and say, hey, I mean, we we can't enter this season without you in our bullpen because we think you're going to be one of our, our, our main leverage relievers from the left side. Like, that's another angle to this. Can a guy pitch so well that he almost loses the starter job because there isn't a job if everybody stays healthy and he ends up being needed out of the bullpen is that the way, quote-unquote, winning this competition will end up playing out? It's interesting. You know, maybe we're looking too far into something that doesn't need to be known yet here in mid-February, but, like, that's the nature of what we're doing here. We're doing a daily Cardinals podcast months before, you know, a month and a half before the season begins. We're going to dig into it and get into it. So we'll talk today about Matthew Libertor and Zach Thompson, who I find it very fascinating. You know, are we contriving this as a competition I don't think so. Not with the way that the schedule plays it out that sees them pitching on the same field and both of them with an up down on Saturday during live BP, which means, uh, you know, Zach Thompson, he pitches a simulated inning ish. I think he faces four or five batters, whatever it was. And then he sits down in the dugout just like you would during a real game. And that's when Matthew Libertor goes out. He gets his work in against live hitters and then they switch and do it again. So they both get an opportunity to throw twice, which is, Something that, you know, if you're the Cardinals, you'd like to see reflected in, hey, how do you handle that second inning? Because you could be a guy that we look to use 
in in long relief, potentially, if there's no starting spot available. Or you could be a guy that we rely upon as the number six starter, the, the first line of defense in case somebody should go down with an injury. So it's interesting that those are the two guys that ended up having up-downs, whereas the other guys that threw today were all in the uh, relief pitcher category, Ryan Hosley. I heard looked good. I didn't go over and watch him because I was locked in on Zach Thompson at the time who had one strikeout in the first inning of work. And again, it's not like you get three outs, you're done. They they, they sort of have a pitch count in, in mind that they want for these guys. Uh, so he had a strikeout. Matthew Libertor, though, the inning I watched of him had three strikeouts. In Again, it was either four or five batters that he faced. No notable contact that I really recall. Watched a little bit of Zach Thompson there throwing again and then sort of made my way around the fields. Like, I feel bad because there's so many pitchers that we would love to be able to talk about and get an eye on for Cardinal fans to say, hey, here's how this guy looks. This is somebody to keep an eye on. And just with the nature of it, it's impossible. You can't possibly watch them all because there are four fields. takes a little bit of time to get from one field to another, and they're all happening at the same time. So I kind of had to budget my time the best that I possibly could. And I'll be able to tell you about the guys that I saw, but I'm never going to tell you, oh, I saw something that I didn't see. Uh, you're going to get a straight shot from me, and, and you'll know kind of what it looked like. And, of course, a lot of Cardinal fans who follow me at bshafer12 on Twitter probably have already seen a number of the videos that I was able to put together and post. And I credit John Denton, who's the beat writer for MLB.com. Him and I are standing in the dugout for some of these, which is like, you know, if you if you have kids that play, you know, high school baseball or middle school baseball or whatever, you know, the fields on the backfields, it's not like these dugouts are akin to a big league dugout. It's basically just like a chain link fence with the the metal bench. And it's kind of like any dugout that, that you would, uh, that you'd see in, in any of the ballparks around town, any of the, the complexes around St. Louis area, even like I live out in O'Fallon and the Ozzie Smith uh, sports complex. Like it's, it, it feels kind of like that, except the fields are a little nicer because they, they do a great job on the ground screw down here, uh, here in Jupiter. But like it, we're, we're just basically there hanging out in the dugout on the field, able to kind of watch these things unfold. And so, yeah, John Denton and I are kind of doing the same thing, posting, you know, taking these videos of the live BP sessions. And I hear John Denton kind of whispering for his audience of kind of what's going on, doing a little bit of play-by-play, a little commentary. And I'm like, shoot, I do a podcast every day. I can certainly whisper into a phone about what's going on here with the live BP. So I had a little bit of fun with that. And if that's something people enjoy, uh, let me know in the comments section below. And that's something that I can incorporate a little bit more. And if you want to see more of that type of video as well on YouTube, let me know that in the comments. I'm always looking for your guys' feedback. Typically, that's an easy thing to throw onto Twitter because I just have to submit and put a little caption on there and, and send it away. And even out, out there on the backfields this year, knock on wood. Uh, here, I, I got some wood to knock on. It's been pretty easy with like actually having them post with the whatever T-Mobile is doing down here. They're doing it right because in past years, it seems like I've had trouble getting the service to, to post videos on the backfields, but uh, so far so good. And so I was able to get a lot of stuff out there basically in real time at, at, at some points. If you, if you guys want to catch up with that, it's all over Twitter, but uh, I started whispering too into the videos. So uh, let me know, <laughs> let me know if that's something that you find interesting because I had a good time doing that, but uh, got, got a chance to get around to a number of these lives. At first I was focusing on Thompson and Libertor because I thought, okay, that's a competition and honestly, both guys look good. And I, I talked to Zach Thompson after the fact, and he honestly said he felt like he was stronger in the second inning of work. And I, I obviously didn't get a chance to look at that because I had moved on. Um, but, like, that's encouraging. And 
again, like, I don't think there were any pitchers that I looked at today and go, oh, boy, that guy's getting shelled. Um, like, Alec Burleson did hit one off the wall, but I think that was against Takoa Roby, who, like, you know, he, he's not necessarily going to be in immediate contention for a bullpen opportunity because I think he's more of the prospect ilk, and the Cardinals are looking to probably keep him on a starter's program, which I think makes sense, even if he's not going to contribute in 2024, which I wouldn't put it past him if he is healthy and competitive. He's a very, very talented uh, arm with a lot of upside. But, you know, Takoa Roby looked good, but but did kind of take one uh, against Burleson where Burley, I think he hit it off the right field wall. That's a, a video that I put on Twitter as well. But you get a chance to see the full at-bat, and, and there were also some pitches in that at-bat where Roby uh, kind of had Burleson off balance. So, like, this is a guy that is getting a chance against – Guys who are in the big leagues, that's really what these live BPs are about, the opportunity to kind of grade your stuff against guys who have, have been around the block uh, in some cases. In other cases, it's it's different guys like, you know, Michael Ciani and, you know, Von Herrera was out there. There's just a, a number of position players who are here, so they're happy to, to, to participate in these lives because it is helpful for their games in the same way that it is for the pitchers. But I went on over to one of the fields because I thought I've been focusing on the pitchers and not really worrying about who the batters are necessarily in in this particular area that I'm watching. I'm wondering, like, who are the hitters that are out here at some of these other spots? So I went over and saw Jordan Walker and Mason Wynn, as well as Lars Nupar, facing against Andre Granillo, which I think is interesting. Because when you consider the way they make these schedules out, right, a lot of times they're looking to see something. And so you can read into it a little bit and say, hey, to have Andre Granillo facing off against some of these guys, maybe they're trying to test him early in camp and say, hey, is this somebody we should be paying attention to in the context of, like, the bullpen competition? Because he went to the Arizona Fall League, and that is always, always, always a breadcrumb to pay attention to because when when those guys get sent to the Fall League, it's done for a reason. It's done because the best of the best in terms of prospects are are sent there. The guys who are maybe on the cusp of, of a big league opportunity are sent there. And Granillo pitched well in the Fall League. Ten innings. A 1.80 ERA this past fall with 14 strikeouts and only three walks. So decent enough walk rate. Kept it kept it to a minimum out there. And he's a guy that's, you know, not advanced beyond a little bit of time in AAA. Had a high ERA there. Had a high ERA in AA as well this past season in the, the Cardinal organization. But here's the, the numbers that jump off the page. 68 innings, 89 strikeouts. And walks were an issue for him. Over the course of the 2023 season, we're talking about Andre Granillo. Very interesting, intriguing arm. 89 Ks in 68 and a third innings, had 38 walks. So that's a definitely a hefty walk rate, uh, his age 23 season. So like this is a guy that I think coming in, the Cardinals are saying, hey, we're going to test you out of the gate. We're going to have some of the best you know, young up-and-coming talents that are in the system and, and are at this big league level go against you and kind of see what happens. And he... He held his own, but he but he walked, I think, had at least one walk in the section. So makes some sense because he did deal with that throughout the minor league season last year. A little bit better in, in a small sample in the fall league. But the Cardinals are looking for swing and miss. They're looking for power arms. And when you think about the way that this bullpen is constructed, I think there are five names that we know for sure. And if I'm missing some because it's almost midnight Eastern as I record this, then I'm just trying to make sure that I get something out for you guys before uh, before the, the, the sunrise, so to speak. If I'm missing somebody, I'm not perfect, so hit me up. Comment section or DM me at bshafer12 and say, hey, you forgot so-and-so. 
but I'm looking at Helsley, Gio, Kittredge, Middleton, and Jojo Romero as the five. Now, Ryan Fernandez is rule five, but that doesn't necessarily make him automatic to make this team. I still think he's got to be better than the other guys. And in, in other years, you might not say that. Like in other years, you might look at a rule five and go, yeah, he's he's locked up. You know, they wouldn't have picked him up if they weren't going to give him a spot. But I think everybody in camp kind of has the understanding that this season matters. Like there's urgency in camp for the Cardinals to be not just better than they were last year, but they need to be a lot better because this team needs to make the playoffs at a minimum. And then ideally you're able to, to do some damage when you get there. So long story short, you can't just look at a guy and say, well, he's got rule five status. So he's on if there are other relievers that are lighting it up in camp and, and are looking better than that player, which isn't to say that Fernandez won't be a really nice addition to the team. I'm just speaking in generalities of like, that's the thought process that I think the Cardinals need to have when it comes to this bullpen. You need to take the best eight. And I think we're going to know that Helsley, Gallegos, Kittredge, Middleton, and JoJo, if they're all healthy, are going to be five of the eight. Then Fernandez, yeah, maybe does he have a little bit of a, a, a leg up? You could even say just like a it's a tiebreaker if they, they can't delineate him with another reliever. Would he maybe get the nod? Yeah, that's possible because of the roster stuff. But after that, I, I really do think it is a little bit open. And JoJo would be one lefty that we know is going. Other lefties competing. We know John King did some nice work for the Cardinals after he was acquired at the deadline. But by the same token, he does have options. So, you know, John King, and I didn't get a chance to look at him. I think he did throw today, but I didn't get a chance to, to look at him. There was one field I didn't get to at all, and I think it was his. And he's a lefty that, you know, did nice things, but is he going to be considered a leverage guy? Not really a way that he was used last year, so we'll see how the Cardinals use him here when they get into Grapefruit League play, but that's a guy that's definitely competing for an opportunity. And then you have the Libby Thompson group, who, again, if I were to say one or the other, I mean, Libby had more strikeouts than Thompson, but I think both looked good. And I didn't see the second inning of either, so I'm not going to tell you, yeah, so-and-so had a better day. I think they're in a great spot. It's going to be interesting to see both of them in multi-inning stints when you get into Grapefruit League games. And I think you I think you start them or you play them both early. Cardinals have a doubleheader on Saturday the 24th. That's the that's a week from today as of this recording, and that's your first day of, of spring training games. I think both of them should probably be in games right away because that is an area where you got to kind of figure out that part of your roster – what do you do with these two guys that they're very similar in the way that they are at least being handled and, and being tested this spring? But they're both lefties too. So could one be more dynamic, more wipeout in a bullpen role? And, and could that be the tiebreaker, which is tricky because, again, we've talked about this in past years with guys like Carlos Martinez, uh, Alex Reyes, different guys that we say if they have the ability to start, Jordan Hicks is another example. Do you want to kind of put them into this box where now they're only a reliever yeah, maybe it's not ideal, but is it also a possibility that you just have to do it because of the the dynamic way they, they can affect that role and they can do great in that role for the team, for the need of the club? So those guys are, like I've said, I think one of them will end up in the bullpen. I think the other one probably ends up as the rotation depth. I If I had to guess it today, it's the same as it would have been before I saw their lives. I still kind of lean Zach Thompson being viewed more as a starter, Libby more as a reliever, but that's just a gut feel. I don't think we've had any delineation really in any concrete way between the two of them that is leading me to say that, at least so far in camp, right? But Libby did look sharp, and I would say that Zach did as well. I will say in terms of Libby's stuff, I thought I was more impressed by him today than when I saw him in uh, the bullpen session he had a couple of days ago 
but th- that was really a matter of just having a few pitches get away from him, not a full reflection of what his stuff was that day. So I think he was aggressive, commanded his zone well today, and it was able to get some chase as well, which was good to see. I think both had good breaking balls working for them. But okay, like in, in the context of the bullpen conversation, are those guys lefties that could end up, you know, really being on the radar in a, in a major way? Definitely so. And then you kind of say, well, how many lefties do you need? Because Middleton is a guy that that does historically possess some reverse splits and, you know, established that changeup last year, but had good numbers against lefties. Andre Pallante, he's in, I would say he's not guaranteed a spot. He's in competition for one. And this is something we know for sure. He is not being treated as a starter. He is a full-on reliever. Um, and, and people might say, well, yeah, we know that. But in past years, he had come into spring as a a guy that they say, yeah, we'll build him up to start and then, you know, kind of dial it back from there if it looks like he's out of the starter competition. They're not messing with it this year of, of saying, yeah, he's part of, you know, the, the competition to be a starter. There really isn't a competition. It's just like you're going to have the five you have. These two lefties are kind of letting the, the, the thread play out because you do need to have depth potentially if there's like, injury could happen tomorrow and it could change everything. Hopefully it doesn't happen tomorrow because Sonny Gray is the only guy throwing lives, and that would be really bad. I mean, not a good thing. I think he's throwing lives. I know he's throwing. He's the only guy on the schedule. That's what we're told. It's also supposed to rain on Sunday in Jupiter, so we will see if any of that even happens. But I think if there's one guy liable to decide he's still throwing his his BP in a you know his bullpen session in a torrential downpour, it's probably Sonny Gray. So I have a feeling the notion of an off day on Sunday maybe uh, maybe more a fantasy than than something that could happen in reality for the the media folks. I would love an off day, but I don't think I'm going to take it tomorrow. But anyway, we get back on track by discussing Palante and Middleton, the fact that they, if they make the team, they could also serve as like a pseudo lefty, an additional lefty to where you maybe don't need a ton beyond JoJo and maybe one other guy, maybe not. It depends on the way that they want to go. But one guy that I was extremely impressed by today as I was kind of making my way around the fields and also got a chance to like talk to some Cardinals fans, which was cool. Like the presence down here, I tell you guys, Come out, see this in person. It's unlike anything else you'll ever see as a baseball fan, right? Like, it's just a very unique environment to be able to take in the game, and it's awesome. It does not get any better than than life down here in Jupiter when the Cardinals are on the backfields. And you might say, oh, I'm going next week and come to a game. That's great. It's going to be, you're going to have an awesome time. It's better on the backfields. First of all, you don't need a ticket. It's free, right? You just come on up and you just, you're just there watching them practice. It is really, really cool. And that's not, there's not even a second of all. It's just, first of all, it's free and you just can be there. Now, I guess second of all, like the game is, is a game environment, but this is just different. You can see the guys in kind of their natural environment almost. It's very, very cool. Changes your perspective. But got to, to chat with some, some Cardinals fans. Brexton, shout out Brexton and Michelle. They were super duper nice to meet. Uh, Jay Nor got to meet him as well. Um, my other buddy didn't catch his name, but he had the Mizzou head on. I, gave, I, I tossed him an MIZ. So that was cool. Mizzou lost today. Um, I thought they were going to win. They they did not win in basketball. But nevertheless, like, cool to meet some people out there. But I wanted to touch on, beyond Andre Granillo, who who faced off against some of the, you know, the big names, Mason Wynn, Jordan Walker, Lars Dupar, I want to touch on Riley O'Brien because he was really interesting, looked really good, and was facing some, some names that are, like, on this team. He got Wilson Contreras on a strikeout that uh, Contreras afterward said, like, yeah, he swung at a slider. And, you know, again, in live BP as a hitter, yes, you want to practice your patience and you want to be willing to kind of hold up. 
but you also want to get your swings in. So, like, is it maybe more likely that a strikeout occurs in this environment, just thinking strategically through it, than another environment because the hitter is also going, I'm trying to get my timing down. I might as well swing, not like that ball's kind of on the black. Should I should I swing or not? You're a lot of those cases you're probably gonna swing. Right. And and the catchers were calling balls and strikes, but I thought it was notable the swing that Wilson Contreras had on Riley O'Brien. He said after like thought it was a slider that was going to be maybe in the zone. It ended up like whatever he said, you know, in the the first base dugout or whatever he said. I'm paraphrasing. Don't quote me on that. But he basically was kind of joking about like, yeah, pitch moved a lot. It was really good pitch. It's interesting from the catcher's perspective, like Wilson is a catcher, but he was in the batter's box for this one. And I cannot remember if I tweeted out the video of that. I think I have the video of that, but it was just of that swing. And because I started at a really, really bad time. It's hard out there. It's bright. It's sunny. You can't see what you're doing. So I think I kind of miffed that video, unfortunately. Yeah, I actually just looked on my phone to see if I could find it. And it's literally like a two-second video. And I be- <laughs> it was so bad. I don't think I can tweet this one out because it was so bad. But uh, yeah, Riley O'Brien struck out Contreras. And he was also facing Burleson and Gorman in this live BP session. And I think he had a couple other strikeouts. He was looking pretty darn nasty. This is a guy to watch. Riley O'Brien is 100% a guy to watch when it comes to making this team. Because he is on the 40-man, if I'm not mistaken. And he like he was facing real dudes in this lineup. Burleson, Gorman, Contreras. Like, when it comes to live BP, like, we haven't seen Goldie just yet. He'll be here any minute. Like, I think Monday is when he's got to be there. And he's down in Florida, so whatever. He'll be here soon. Dylan, I don't think we've seen yet. Everybody else we've seen... And I don't believe Arenado was out there taking live BP today, but a, a lot of the other kind of mainstay hitters were out there, and it's a pretty good group. Gorman, Burleson, and Wilson Contreras is is probably up there with the the Walker, Win, and Newbar group in terms of just you know overall star power on on that little roster. And the stuff looked like it played. It looks like there's a, a little bit of a deceptive aspect to what O'Brien was doing. And, and again, like Contreras thought the slider was going to be close and it was not close to something he felt like he should have swung at. And so we'll see what kind of, what kind of hay he can make. He's, uh, you know, had at 28 years old, just turned 29. In fact, this month, February 6th, he turned 29. So like O'Brien's been around the block, met him today. Super nice guy. Pitched last year in triple a and had a 2.29 ERA in a decent, number of innings, 55 innings started a a few games as well. I imagine that was probably like an opener or just like getting work sort of thing, 15 saves. So he he actually was, was kind of the closer at times last year as well for triple a Tacoma came up to the big leagues and in 2022, like he's had a little bit of a cup of coffee between Cincinnati, Seattle, but like not really just like a couple games, not enough to really, make anything of. So I don't know, man, a guy that had a two, two, nine ERA in triple a last year. And you take a look at the strikeout total. Again, the Cardinals have live arms in this camp. Granillo, 89 strikeouts in 68 innings last year in minor leagues. O'Brien, 86 strikeouts in 55 innings. Like I, I know it's got to translate to the big leagues and that's just triple a, but that's saying something. When you talk about a Cardinal team last year that didn't strike many guys out, 
have one of the lower K rates in the league, what do you do? You go get some guys that have at least some raw materials to work with. Stuff. That's kind of the word that's being thrown around, and understandably so when you see these guys. You know, there's a, there's a number of guys that could be that could be interesting in that mix. But the reason I'm talking about O'Brien, I think he legitimately, like, I, I would have him on the inside looking out, <laughs> not the outside looking in. Like, right now, I would predict him to make this team. I think he is a very dynamic arm that could be interesting. And again, we're talking about having guys that are 80-some-odd strikeouts in 50-something innings in AAA, and we're talking about those guys being, like, the last guys on this bullpen. I do think the Cardinals, on paper, I know health has to cooperate, but I do think that they are in a spot where their bullpen depth is so much better than it was last year. You've got upside, and it's it's causing competition that's positive, right? Like, it's favorable, good competition for those final spots where you could see anybody that, that grabs one of those last spots. It, it's possible that three months down the road, they're leveraged relievers in this bullpen. Like, if, if everything clicks in for Riley O'Brien, there's a world in which I think he has a 3-5 three, three, ERA in the major leagues and is striking out 10, 11 guys per nine. Like, that's possible, I think, for him. And if he gets the right confidence in, in the right situation, that could happen in St. Louis. You know, they've got a number of guys that are kind of on that on that fringe that it doesn't seem like it's a situation where we're saying, oh, it's fringe because, you know, none of these guys are really capable of grabbing the bull by the horns. No, I feel like there's a number of guys who can and may do so, you know, and maybe this is just kind of speaking from an overly optimistic standpoint because you see these guys in such a relaxed, casual setting. You go, wow, he looks great. Wow, he looks great. And, and maybe that won't really be the case when, when push comes to shove. But for right now, like, yeah, I think there are definitely some interesting elements for these these guys that are in camp. You know, Nick Robertson is another guy coming over from Boston. Didn't get a chance to see him today because, again, around a lot of fields. I, basically, what happened is O'Brien was there on the same field, and then I believe it was uh, Takoa Roby that came on right after, and I'm like, well, shoot, I, I'm not going to walk away from Takoa Roby throwing a live BP because he's maybe one of the best pitching prospects in the organization after he was acquired at the deadline. Like, they might have they might have found a diamond in the rough in this kid because he looked very competitive as well in the at-bats that he was able to take against, uh, or rather, face guys taking at-bats, Gorman, Burleson, and Wilson Contreras. Um, yeah, I mean, interesting. Interesting stuff on this team. I Like I said, I don't think Roby is in a spot where you're going to say, hey, can he make the bullpen? I think he wanted to be a starter. I certainly think that that would be the best possible spot for him. Baseball America's got him at number 75 in the top 100 list. MLB list has him at 99 on the top 100 and prospectus has him at 93. So he's consensus top 100 prospect. Takoa Roby comes over from Texas in the deal for Jordan Montgomery and Chris Stratton. And like he was kind of injured last year. So I don't know if, you know, the, the Texas Rangers just thought maybe that's going to be something that holds him back, and he's only in Double A, and we're trying to win a World Series. It worked. Like he, from their perspective, you can't complain. Certainly did work out. He had like a five ERA in Double A last year, but he was also injured. And then when he came over to St. Louis, he was able to eventually get back onto the mound and had a three ERA in twelve innings. Not a great fall league necessarily for Takoa Roby, but again, the stuff is real. Eighteen strikeouts in thirteen innings out there in the fall league. 
19 Ks in 12 innings when he was with Springfield. So I would say that Roby probably starts in triple in A. I don't know. Maybe that's a little bit of a lofty bump just considering the fact that he hadn't really mastered double A per se. But I don't know. I, I could see a world in which they a good spring leads to him going straight to triple A. And then suddenly he is potentially rotation depth as early as this season. That's possible. But that's a guy that I would say, look, you could find other relief arms. Like you've got options in camp. You don't need to make Tekoa Roby a starter or pardon me, a reliever. You keep him as a starter and potentially he's a guy that 2025, like again, with the way that this team is constructed, Lynn's a one-year deal. Gibson's a one-year deal. I think those guys can be good veterans for your rotation, but you're going to have spots open up again next year unless those options are picked up. So as early as 2025, I, there's a world in which like Takoa Roby is in your rotation. It's probably a more ideal set of circumstances that would have to unfold for that to be the case. At least from his perspective, from the team perspective, you might say, well, I, I wouldn't call it ideal to be relying upon, you know, a guy who's going to be what, 22, 23 years old in 2025. But you know, it would, it would speak volumes to the work that he would have put in to get to that point. And I think he's an exciting guy for the Cardinals as well. But for me, I, take away, and I'm, I'm, I'm rambling a little bit because I just want to kind of set the scene for what you saw from the lives today. Um, make sure to leave comments with your thoughts or your questions or your concerns or anything you want to know, talk about when it comes to Cardinal baseball. Uh, definitely feeding off of you guys when it comes to some of this stuff. And if there's anything you want me to look out for out there uh, throughout the rest of spring uh, content ideas, whatever. I'm I'm here as uh, as someone that says, hey, I'm listening, so let me know what you like. But if there were any takeaways from today, one of them is don't forget the name Andre Granillo. And if you didn't know the name, get to know it because I think you're going to see him in some Grapefruit League games and maybe just one of those deals where it's like, all right, this guy's probably a little further down the list in our, our you know mental calculations of who's in this bullpen race and who's maybe a year early or, or not quite when we're talking about opening day, like genuinely in the mix, it may be a case where you look at Granillo and say, Hey, the stuff is evident, it's, but it's at the minor league level, do it against our best and then go out in grapefruit league and maybe do it against some of other teams best. And like force us to either keep considering you in a way that we probably didn't think we were going to have to this early, or, you know, if you don't quite stand up to the test, that's okay. We'll just know that that's, you know, just the part of his progression. But that's a guy where it's like, if you throw him right into the fire and, and he comes out on the other side of those flames, maybe Andre Granillo is a guy that could win a job. Riley O'Brien is absolutely a guy that could win a job. And right now I would abs I would go on the record here and say, if I had to lay it out one through eight, he's one of the eight. I would certainly put him in there. It's hard to say for sure if Ryan Fernandez is in there, even though he's rule five, just because I haven't seen him. And I think that's a difficult thing to proclaim. And then the other takeaway, though, is like, and it's part of the reason I can't tell you who the eight for the bullpen are going to be yet. It's a very fluid situation. The two lefties, Libertor and Thompson, I think are both in good spots right now. And I'm very eager to see what they'll look like in games. I think they'll get to them hopefully early in the Grapefruit League session because it's going to be valuable to try and parse out, like, who do you want in that starter role if you should have a need arise because if it happens, it could happen suddenly. And then you're going to have to be on the fly. That's why they have to sort of treat both those guys in a similar bucket and try and parse it out. But those are the most compelling things. The most interesting things that I think are happening right now at Cardinals camp Sunday. We'll see what it ends up being. I'll try and do a podcast. Of course, if there's anything to talk about uh, and there will be, because even if the team doesn't 
practice, like if it downpours, uh, I can still talk about some of the stuff that I've been doing uh, on the site. So over at KMOV.com or FirstAlert4.com slash sports, you can read my Wilson Contreras story that I wrote. I think people are maybe not fully appreciating what Wilson Contreras going into year two could actually bring to the Cardinals from a leadership standpoint. Because we talk about all the outside additions as veterans and leaders, and the clubhouse didn't have that, and they need that. But maybe there's an element of Wilson Contreras could step into that role as well. We've talked a little bit about it on the show in recent days, but now that he maybe can find that comfort under the fact that he's not being thrown under the bus actively anymore by the team, by the pitchers, and everything that went into that. The story I wrote for KMOV tonight delves a lot into that, and there's some quotes that I'll bet you haven't seen before. So you're going to want to check that out, and it helps me if you do so. Make sure to retweet my uh, my tweet of that Wilson story on Twitter. If you like me, that helps. Um, not to beg, but, you know, we're trying to get the work out there and get the word out there. I was proud of this story, so I want people to read it. That's all I'm saying. But other than that, there's going to be so much more to talk about as the days continue to unfold. So appreciate you guys for being with me and for being on the channel. Hit that subscribe button if you're not, and make sure this is the day that you you just jump on board and you never look back. Going to be a compelling 2024 for the Cardinals. Glad to have you along for the ride. That's going to do it for this edition of the show, though. Appreciate you guys, as always, so much, and we'll talk to you next time on Be Safe Daily. Peace.